Welcome to Bodcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Bodcast delivers the best business advice, real life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Hello, and welcome to our latest podcast. Uh, my name is Les Jones, I'm the creative director at Practice Plan. And I'm going to be your host for this podcast. And I'm very pleased to say that today I'm joined by Hayley Irons of Hayley Irons Marketing. Hi, Hayley. Good morning, Les. How Thank are you? you? I'm good, thanks. Yes, yeah. All the better for seeing and hearing from you. <laughs> well, we're here to talk about marketing. Um, and uh, you are the perfect person to kind of talk us through some of these uh, elements of marketing because... You have very much seen both sides of the fence, haven't you? You started your career actually in dentistry and practice. That's right, yeah. Um, Many, many moons ago, I started off my career in marketing and advertising, working for advertising agencies. Um, Worked on lots of different style accounts, from big accounts like BMW, Red Row Homes, to small individual accounts. Um, I then met my husband who had two daughters, so I had an instant family and my job was taking me here, there and everywhere. So I decided to have a little look around and have something that kept me at home. And I ended up getting a part-time reception job at a cosmetic dental practice near where I live. So that was my first step into dentistry. Um, I then worked my way up to practice manager. And then after, probably about 10 years of that I decided let's just look around what else there is and to be honest I wasn't planning on setting up my own company it was just that different practices were saying we don't have a practice manager's role but we see you've got some marketing experience are you can you help us in any small way and it just evolved and high marketing was born so I was very fortunate with that and I actually love it because I didn't want to leave dentistry I fell in love with dentistry, but I also really enjoy the marketing side. So, yeah, I've seen both sides of the coin and know how they work. <laughs> well, we're here for, for this podcast to just basically kind of dip a toe in the water, if you like, for any practices that are, are thinking of, of doing some marketing um, with, their, with their practice and just to give them a few hints and tips. But let's just start right at the beginning and, and just define what marketing is, what, what for you actually is marketing is you know some people think about it is it advertising is it just selling what what defines marketing to me the two words that define marketing are selling and promotion yes you are selling your services or a product but to me it's more about promotion and building brand loyalty i think we can all agree that in today's world i well i personally feel a lot of business sectors have lost the customer service aspect and I think that's so important with building a brand and the loyalty and I think that it's not just about saying oh we do teeth we do whitening we do dental implants etc what you need to be is promoting what's different about you why you're so good what is it you can offer is it just you're supporting patients with their oral health throughout their lives? Is it that, you know, you can give them the smile of their dreams? So you're selling, but it, it's it's more about the promotion of the team and the practice for me rather than the actual products and services. I think dentistry has changed an awful lot over 
probably the last 20 years I've been in it, that yes, it was about shouting out about, oh, we we do the latest treatment because everybody knew dentistry is NHS. You went, you got your teeth sorted, that was it. And then there was this big change in, I suppose, social media brought that on, on how we look and how we appear and what we want to look like. So then practices had to start shouting about, oh, we can do teeth whitening, we can straighten your teeth. But now I think everybody's quite aware of what dental practices offer. So to me now it's about promoting your brand to build up the loyalty, which will then sell rather than sell and then build up a brand. Yeah. And obviously, you go in and see a lot of dental practices and talk to them about their marketing. What what would you say are the most common reasons why you're called in? What what are the problems that the practices are trying to solve? I would say they most of them now know that they have to do some form of marketing. Again, when you were in HS, patients just came to you, you didn't have to do anything. And back then, all the adverts had to be the same, the NHS defined them, etc. So it was all done for you. Now it's like you know the private practices right okay you've got to do your own marketing and they're like okay what's that (laughs) you don't you may do now but years ago you didn't learn about marketing especially in dental school and I think now people don't go ahead with marketing straight away because they're a bit unsure of how to go about it what to do so I think most people when they contact me are saying how do we do it? Have we got the time to do it? And have we got the knowledge to do it? And I think they're the three key areas of the struggles that practices have. And I think time is the main one. Yeah. And and how, how important is it for practices to develop a, a marketing strategy as opposed to doing kind of ad hoc little bits of, of stuff here and there? How important is it to have a kind of a longer term view of where you're trying to get to? I think that depends really on who you speak to. Mm-hmm. So anybody in my game will probably have a different answer to this question. So I'll answer it in my way, obviously. For me, yes, you need a strategy. But a lot of people go, OK, so we need a six month, 12 month strategy of where we're going to be, don't we? And, you know, I see the benefits of that. But what I find is, as with the most industries, things change quite quickly. Your targets and your aims may change because you may discover once you go down the marketing route that what you thought was going to be your aim and your target actually changes because the market changes the um the perceiving of dentistry changes whatever it may be so i'm somebody that would prefer shorter strategies as in maybe two to three months and review it each time so it is important to have that um plan of in what we're going to cover what do you want to aim for what we're trying to do whether it's build up your audience on social media is it to sell more of a particular treatment is it to fill up the hygiene book whatever it may be but for me shorter plans are better because as I say things happen all the time and your goals change quite quickly I find in the industry these days so a shorter plan of what you're going to cover and what your aim is is better for me I believe than a long-term plan. That's that's very interesting and and what about budgets then Hayley because you know I mean I speak to to dental practices sometimes about their marketing and 
some of them have a very uh, perhaps odd uh, opinion of, of marketing. They see it very much as a cost, not as an investment that should give them a return. You know, how do you talk to practices about what they should allocate in terms of budgets? Okay. Again, everyone will have a different opinion on this, but it's interesting you saying that they see it as a cost rather than investment, because I found this out during COVID. When COVID hit, I lost three quarters of my business, understandably, but because most practices saw it as a cost that got to cut out because they had everything else going on. Few practices kept it going because they saw it as an investment and was then when things got back to, I say, normal, when they got back to patients being allowed to go back in on a, on a better basis, they were in the right position to then have the patients coming through the door, especially ones that had suffered with their dental health through throughout COVID. So, yes, I, I agree with you that I often say it is an investment. Don't see it as just another outlay, another cost, another I ticked a box, that's it. With regards to budgets, again, this does vary on practice. And if if you're talking to most of the industry will have figures for something. And I think at the moment the rule of thumb, just checking my notes here, is two to five percent of your gross income is what they suggest. I never use that rule of thumb. I always say to the practice, what do you feel comfortable with spending? What would you like to put towards it? Which I know sort of throws the curveball back at them. Yeah. But if I said to them, right, you've got to spend £3,000 a month on marketing, they might go, okay, not know what they're getting for it. Is it really worth it? Then they start it and it's not meeting their expectations because we all have a figure we're comfortable with in our minds, even though we may not say it. It's even like even women when we go out and buy a dress. We'll have a figure in our head that we want to spend. And if we're convinced to spend over, we're not so sure on it. So to me, you've got to be comfortable with what you allocate. So when practices come to me and say, can I you know what you charge for, say, social media marketing? I can give them an idea of what they can get for a certain budget. And then I put it back in their court and say, what does this fit like to you? What was your instant thoughts? Was it too much? Oh, it's not as much as the thought is it about the same because that will give both parties an idea of what they feel about marketing because I say a lot of practices want to do it and know it's essential others are like yeah I know we've got to do something so they might have a lower budget so again my opinion is that it's got to be whatever budget they feel comfortable with and it might be that they start off I have clients that start off with a a lower budget so we do a little less for them but once they see what they can get from it they then go okay well what if we if we spend this what what else can we get so again sometimes it's it I work with the, the client and the practice what do they what are they expecting what would they like to spend let's see what we can do with that and then hopefully if it will work well then it will continue to grow between us and we can get them spending the right amount for, for the return they thereafter yeah I, I, I suppose that really leads neatly onto onto my next question and that's about <clears throat> uh, kind of measuring and monitoring if you like because if, if you if you talk to people about a spend um, 
without a kind of return, then it, it, it feels, you know, that's perhaps where there's a bit of tension. However, you mentioned the, the, the figure of, say, £3,000. If that £3,000 a month brings in £15,000 of, of business, then it all, almost becomes a no-brainer, doesn't it? So so are, are there things that you can do when you are doing the marketing that you can put in place that then kind of monitors the return on that investment? Yeah, one of the main keys I always say to my clients is that they need to have their reception prepped for taking the, you know, answering calls to new patients or emails. They need to know where they're coming from. I'm, I'm quite amazed at how many practices still don't mm-hmm. ask new patients, how did you find us? How did you hear about us? And yes, it might be a referral. A lot of people will say website, even though it may have been Google or it may have been social media because Google and social media, most times they'll then jump onto the website and it's at the website point they make the decision to use the practice. So sometimes it's you could go more in depth every time, you know. So if somebody said, oh, yes, or on the website, you could then go, well, how did you find the website? But you need to be careful not to ask too many questions and bore patients. So it's really important that the team know how important it is to track where patients are coming from and explain to them that, you know, we're spending a chunk of money here, so we need to know where every patient's coming from, what's working, what's not working. Um, So I think the reception team is the key to anything like that, to measurements. Yes, we can measure things if we're doing offers, you know, get them to quote a code, et cetera. That's a good way, but again, it's the reception team that needs to be getting that information and recording it. And then with my clients, we have a review every mainly two months because one month's practices struggle to get time slotted in. And we'll, we'll go through the figures and say, OK, we've spent this on this form of marketing. We did that. What have we got in return from it? And, and go from there. It, it all depends on the marketing platform that reviews whether it's social media or have we done a leaflet drop or have we done an advertisement in a local magazine so it does vary a little bit on on what you're going to get um i am asked quite often as okay if i am going to spend three thousand pounds a month how much am i going to get in return and it is really difficult to say oh well you're going to get fifteen thousand pound back each time it's you know if we could say something like that it'd be great but it, it, again, sometimes it's trial and error with practices at the beginning. Other times, if you've worked with them for a long time, you can more or less gauge what you're going to get. Um, they say the, the average would be, so if you're spending £1, you should get £5 in return. That's the average. Excellent would be 10 to 1, and poor would be 2 to 1. But again, that is something that somebody's come up with across the board. Doesn't matter what platform you've used, it's just a, a, a guide. But if I tell my practices that, it gives them some idea that, you know, okay, that's what we, we hope to get back. But as I say, it just depends on what our goal is as well. Yeah. You know, it's are we trying to get more dental implant patients in? Well, the return on that could be a lot bigger because it costs a lot more than just mm-hmm. getting more people in for the dental hygienist so again it's a very difficult topic to talk about and quantify um but a lot of dentists do want the well if i'm spending three thousand what how, how much am i going to get back um okay. 
which is understandable. We all want to know it's their money, it's their hard-earned money that they're putting into it. So, we, you know, I try and be as um, honest as I can um, and not overpromise anything because that's not going to work for anybody. But it's it's a very difficult subject to have, especially with dentists. I find after working in different industries, I think because it's their baby, their practice, and also their hard-earned money, it they do treat it as their money quite rightly so it's like well I'm spending this so you need to guarantee me something in return yeah well you know as you and I both know that you know market is not an exact science and uh, th- th- there are no guarantees and what w- what will work for one practice might not necessarily work for another practice but I suppose exactly. that, I suppose the the kind of the rule here would be you know put your toe in the water see what see what happens learn quickly and you know you already mentioned that what you know if, if something's not working then kind of stop it quite quickly and find the things that do work for you as a practice and I yeah. suppose then the more that the more that you kind of hone those messages into the right places and the, and the practices start to see those returns the more confident they'll be to then kind of reinvest further down the line exactly exactly so um a quick question in terms of where people should look for their marketing. Uh, you mentioned right at the beginning, Haley, that that you know your your position as practice manager within within a dental practice, you were doing marketing there, which kind of throws up the question as to as to whether um, it's possible to do the marketing for a practice internally, or should the marketing be outsourced, say, to a kind of uh, an, an agent an agency like uh, yourselves. Yeah, again, it varies from practice to practice. So if you've got a, a, a one practice um, with a team of, say, six people, you know, only two surgeries, something like that, it's about giving quality time to it. So the, there's key aspects. There's quality time being able to give into it. So have people internally got the time to devote to it? Have they got the knowledge? Um and have they got the support? Mm. I, it's not just one person's. I, my clients come to me and say, OK, can you do our marketing? And I said, yeah, no problem. But you, especially with social media marketing. And I go, you know that you, your team is going to have to be involved. It's not just a case of me going away, doing it in the background and everything running behind it. They need to play a part. So whether they want to outsource it all depends on, as I say, whether they've got the the right team member to do it, the time to do it. And also when I say knowledge, it's about knowing what GDC like you or not like you to say on social media, CQC, those sort of things, because that can be obviously very tricky to navigate through sometimes. Um, So not many practices have that sort of person yeah, it's just because I had my marketing experience in previously that gave me a little bit of a an edge really in that respect. And the practice I joined was we'd started up from scratch. So in a way, I had the time to be able to devote to it. Um, but as with everything, you know, sometimes you do need to delegate and you do need to get that extra support. In. Even at one when I was practice manager towards the end of my job there we did outsource it because it was getting too big with the practice growing and 
definitely when CQC came in yeah. into practice, you know, that took up more time and that was quite a big chunk, quite important. So again, it, it's really does depend on the practice. There's no right or wrong answer. Do you have questions you're asking me? So I'm sorry. <laughs> Fine. Do you ever find there's a situation where you might actually support a practice in the first instance and then the more the practice gets to understand how the marketing is working, that perhaps they can start to take more of a responsibility themselves? Yeah, I like I actually like to work with a practice in that way. So I've got a few practices where I've started off doing their social media. Then I go in and do a little bit of team training, you know, a few lunch and learns to get them on board, to get them Again, this is more with social media, which is the main form of marketing now, I think, for, for dental practices. So getting them to know what pictures to send me, what little videos to send me, etc. And then we get to a point where there's a particular member of staff that shows more interest or shows more talent or whatever it might be. And then we we then sort of give them the tools. So what we do is I will hand over the social media marketing back to them. But I'm then I then continue as a consultant and I have one to one sessions with that team member yeah. for several months. And then when they get to a point that they feel comfortable that actually, yeah, they're doing a really good job. They know what they're doing. Then sometimes it's a case of me stepping back and going, great, my job's done. Well done. And off you go. So that's actually my ideal way of working because it's nice to get them up and running seeing someone developing interest in it and growing through it so I actually love that side of things and I'm learning more about how team members want to get involved and have ideas which is great but just sometimes they don't have the know-how of how do we do it what how can I do it and Going into practice plan uh, practices, especially at the moment where I'm giving some training sessions, it's great to then see it, when I'm scrolling through my social media that they've took on my advice and I see that, you know, different things going on. So it's great to see that. So that is my ideal client rather than me just go, OK, I can do it. I mean, there are a lot of practice that I do just do their social media and have done for, for quite a few years um, because that's who they are that's what they want that's what they feel comfortable with so we have to be flexible as marketing people to work with what the practices want yes we can advise on what's best but we have to remember that we are representing them we have to promote their personality their morals their ethos so who's best to do it yeah exactly practice or do they prefer someone like myself where they just feel comfortable with, oh, do you know, it's done. I don't have to worry about is the wrong word being used in the social media text? Is there an image with somebody's patient name in the background? That sort of thing. So, again, depends on the practice and how they feel about things. Yeah. Haley, you've given us a great introduction there to, to marketing. Lots of things, I'm sure, for people who are listening uh, to, to think about. If they want to kind of take this further and, and, and perhaps want some more information, where do they need to go? Well, if they want to contact me direct, they are more than welcome. I am on Facebook and Instagram as High Marketing. I also have my website, hayleyinesmarketing.co.uk. And I'm sure if they contact yourselves, they will be able to find me as well. Absolutely. Hayley, I feel as though we've kind of just scratched the surface of 
uh, of market is. So perhaps we should kind of get a date in the diary to uh, to do, uh, you know, number two of this kind of series of, of marketing chats. But for now, Hayley, that's been fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Les. Thank you.